Hello, welcome to God Day and uh, I'm Derek Walker and uh, I'm the pastor of the Bi Oxford Bible Church. And I want to share today about the beauty of holiness uh, and that's a very precious phrase in the Bible, the beauty of holiness. First of all, to understand holiness, and often this is not understood correctly, often people define holiness in a negative way. Well, well, holy people are people who don't do this or don't do that or don't do the other. That is not what holiness is about at all. Holiness is a very positive, dynamic uh, word, and it's all about being uh, full and possessed by the presence of God. And that will cause you to lead a good life. But the essence of holiness is it's, it's, it's our, our, the, the life of God in us because God's Holy Spirit is the one who makes us holy. And the Bible connects holiness with beauty. So we want to talk about that. It all starts by understanding that God is holy. And this is a big word. And in fact, this is the most emphasized attribute of God that he is called the Holy One. And uh, in heaven it talks, in Revelation chapter 4 verse 8, it talks about how, you know, these angels keep circling God's throne. They do not rest day and night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They are the thrice Holy One, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And they are just constantly amazed at the glory and the beauty of the Lord. And so they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And if we were to, to kind of summarize what holiness is, it's the, the sum, it's the excellence, the exalted beauty of God, the perfection of God in his moral character. And it's the perfect harmony of his being. We would say God is beautiful would be the closest thing. See, the eyes of the Lord are his omniscience. The arm of the Lord is his omnipotence. But the holiness, but, but the beauty of the Lord is his holiness. When we say God is holy, we're saying he is beautiful, he is perfect in every respect. And, and one way to kind of describe that is that the Bible says that God is light. 1 John 1.5. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, we White light, scientifically speaking now, white light is actually the sum of all the different colors of the rainbow. If you combine all the colors together, what you have is white light. And so in the same way, think of God's holiness like white light. It is the, uh, the sum of all his perfections. All, you know, love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness. You, you imagine all of God's perfections are like all the different colors of the rainbow. All together, they form the white light of his holiness. And so he is perfect in every way. And that also means he hates sin. He cannot tolerate sin and he must judge it. And so the word holy actually means to be set, has two sides to it. It means to be set apart from that which is bad and evil and set, to be set apart to. So it's the word to be set apart from. Set apart from all that is unworthy and set apart to that which is right and good. Praise God. 
And so God is holy in his perfection. And uh, Exodus 15 says it well, verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? 1 Samuel 2, 2. There is none holy as the Lord. He is most beautiful and perfect above all others. But God wants to share his beauty and his holiness with us. That's the amazing thing. So we would say God is beautiful, possessing the sum of all desirable attributes in perfect unity, in perfect symmetry, in perfect harmony. And so he is beautiful. Psalm 27, 44 says, One thing I desire of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to be in his presence and behold the beauty. And Psalm 96, verse 6, I like this, Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. And, and that has two aspects. First of all, he is beautiful. But when you get close to him, when you're in his sanctuary, his holiness, his beauty rubs off on us. We receive through the Holy Spirit. He imparts his beauty into our life. Praise God. That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do, to make us holy. He comes to, by his very presence in us, he sets us apart from that which is common and, and unworthy, and he sets us apart to God so that we belong to God. And that's what's called sanctification or the development of our holiness. And that involves taking away, cleansing us from ugliness and making us beautiful on the inside. Praise God. And so that's what causes us to worship, by the way, is the revelation of his beauty, of his holiness. Uh, Psalm 99.9, exalt the Lord our God, worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. It's God's holiness that causes us to worship. It's really, you start by praising God, but when you really get into his presence, you begin to see his beauty and then you start to worship before him. And um, once you see his beauty and his glory, we cannot fail but worship him. And so worship is our response to the beauty of his holiness. 1 Chronicles 16, 29, it says that, Give to the Lord the glory due to his name, his perfect character. Bring an offering and come before him, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Praise God. And so it's the beauty of his holiness that causes us to worship the Lord. 2 Chronicles 20, 21. He appointed those, Jehoshaphat appointed those that would sing to the Lord and who would praise the beauty of his holiness. Hallelujah. Well, that's mentioned a number of times in the Bible. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Now, the moral character of God, what could we say about that? First of all, for sure, we can say it means that he is faithful. Or we would call this God's integrity. God is faithful and true. He is dependable. He proves true. He's real. 
and we can depend on his promises. He cannot lie. That's one aspect of that moral holiness. The second aspect is his goodness, his love, that he is generous. His disposition is to love and to give and to provide for his people. Praise God. And the third aspect of his holiness is actually his severity and his wrath. He has no tolerance for sin and uh, he hates sin and he must punish sin. And the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. And the only reason we have not been consumed is because Jesus himself, in his love, God provided his son to take the judgment for our sin, which has allowed God to postpone his judgment on us and give us a chance to repent and turn from that sin. And so holiness refers to the state of being, the, the beauty of God, you see. And our holiness is, talks about the state of our being, whereas righteousness sounds similar, but it's a different meaning. Righteousness is holiness in action. Righteousness is the expression in our life. All right, so if we are, the Bible says, if you are born again and you've accepted Christ, you have been made holy in your spirit. You are a saint, that's what it means, a holy one. You have been separated from the claims of the kingdom of darkness and you are separated unto God. And that's reality in your spirit. You are a saint in Christ, praise God. And, and so that's referring to the state of your being. And since you have been made holy, therefore it should start to show in your life that is righteousness, the outworking of your holiness. So righteousness speaks of your actions. Holiness is to the state of your being. Only God, you, you do have a certain control over your actions, but very much it's the case that only God can make you holy. And he does that with his Holy Spirit coming inside you. And when you made Jesus your Lord, you received Jesus as Lord, it was the Holy Spirit. You gave permission, as it were, for the Holy Spirit to come inside your spirit and cause your spirit to become a new creation. You were born again. Your spirit was made holy unto God, and now it's totally possessed by God. You are a new creation. Praise God. Now your soul is not totally holy and your body certainly is not holy, but your spirit, the holy of holies on the inside of you is, is being born again, praise God. And it was by the Holy Spirit. But now the Holy Spirit now wants to work in your mind, in your will, in your emotions, and he is, he is sanctifying you. And, and as, you, as you receive the Holy Spirit and walk in the Spirit and, and the Word, What's happening is that God's holiness is increasing inside you and more and more of your heart and your soul belongs to God and you are being separated from the uncleanness that surrounds you in the world and in your own habits, as it were, in the dark corners of your soul. And as you walk with God, it's the Holy Spirit who makes you holy. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your soul pushes away the, 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 the sin. Praise God. One day at the resurrection, even your body 
will be made holy unto God and that God will completely possess you with his Holy Spirit and you will belong completely to God. And so God says uh, he wants us to be holy. 1 Peter 1.15 it says, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, Be holy for I am holy. So we receive God's holiness and then we are to express that in our conduct. And it's only possible through God's holiness inside us by the Holy Spirit. And that's why it says the fruit of the Spirit, you see, is love. It's the Holy Spirit that through our spirit now that will produce love, joy, peace. The beauty of God, in other words, the holiness of God is produced in us. The character of Christ is produced in us through the Holy Spirit as we live with God. So God wants to make you beautiful in your soul. You know, um, basically sin makes you ugly in your soul. You know, why are demons so grotesque? You know, when people have visions of demons, they're grotesque because because they've yielded to sin, every time you yield to sin, it contorts your soul and it makes your soul ugly. So if you give yourself to sin, it twists and contorts your soul and makes you ugly on the inside. But when you surrender to God, God's Holy Spirit, He makes you beautiful on the inside. And that's holiness, you see. Isaiah 61.3 says that. He says that He... Jesus came to give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. God wants to make you beautiful on the inside. Love makes you beautiful, all right? Pride and selfishness makes you ugly. And the purpose is that you would be glorified, he would be glorified through you. Um, it says, out of Zion, this is Psalm 50 verse 2, out of Zion, and Zion could be sometimes is symbolic of God's people. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. God's purpose is that out of his people, he will shine forth in his glory. Um, they are the perfection of beauty. He is, wants to make you perfect and beautiful and only he can do it. He's the source of all beauty. And then Psalm 90:17 is a prayer. Let the beauty of our Lord God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Notice the two aspects. First, to be changed in our very being, that's sanctification. The beauty of the Lord be upon us. And then also now, out of that, that God will establish the work of our hands. So God has begun his work in you. If you're born again, you have been sanctified in your spirit to God. And now God is sanctifying you in your soul. And as you trust in Christ and the Holy Spirit, and you yield your body in obedience to God, then that holiness is, is getting stronger in your life. Praise God. The more you give your heart to God, the more he's able to possess your heart, then the more you will be set apart from sin, the more you will hate sin, even instinctively, you will hate that sin before now because of the presence of Christ in you. 
and you will be set apart from sin and set apart to God. Praise God. And, and so the two things go together, you see. If you are in, in a relationship, you know, with somebody that you love, all right, a man with a woman, what happens is you are set apart to that person. And automatically that means you are then set apart from anyone else, you see. And so in the same way, if we are set apart to God, we will find ourselves being set apart from sin. And so this is the basis of our fellowship with God, is our holiness. That time you spend every day worshipping God in his presence, reading his word, what you are doing is you are building a base of operation for God to work in your life. You are surrendering your heart to him so that now his Holy Spirit takes possession of your soul and that's through that God will work in your life. And so in other words, your holiness is the base, is the ground of operation and fellowship with God. And um, the Bible says that, that he, he chose you before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1.4, that we should be holy and without bl blame before him in, in love. Praise God. And so, you know, th this is pictured in, in them entering the promised land. Uh, very quickly, there, there was um, God, as they brought, the, God brought them into the promised land. He said, everywhere you put the sole of your foot, um, I will give you that land. But he basically was saying, I will lead you into the promised land. I will be with you and I will give the land to you. As you obey me, I will give you the promised land. And the interesting thing is that as soon as they crossed the Jordan, he told them to set up base camp at Gilgal. Now Gilgal means a circle of stones. And as you read through the Bible, you see that Gilgal change, changes location. There was an original Gilgal uh, opposite Jericho, and, and there's no remains of that. It's, it was a circle of stones. Uh, but it was their initial basis of operation. That's where they were circumcised, and that's where they devoted themselves to God at Gilgal. And what we find out is that the Gilgal was actually shaped like a footprint. And now they have done studies along the Jordan River and so forth, and they have found six other Gilgals. And they've found six circles of stones along a path leading up to Shechem, where they established a more permanent base of operation. And, and if you read Joshua, you'll see that they always operated out from a base of operation. Uh, they operated out from Gilgal. They'd go out to, from Gilgal, maybe conquer a city, and then come back to Gilgal. They'd have a base. And they found six of these footprints along the Jordan Valley and then towards Shechem, circles of stones. And in one of them, you can even see where they put the tabernacle. And these footprints are called the footprints of God. They're, they're, they're big, you see, and, and what they represent is the fact that as they are marching into the Promised Land, God is marching with them, and these are the footprints of Yahweh. 
And where God's footprint is, that's the place of his holiness. He says, the heaven is my throne, but the earth is my, foot, is my footstool. Where I put my foot belongs to me. And God's footprint in your heart is God's base of operation. And it's God's presence in you where God has dominion over your heart and you are submitted to God. That is your holiness and that's God's base of operation for your life. And you know, in your life, you, you should see your life as operating from that place of holiness, that place of prayer. And, and Jesus lived in that place of prayer and, and then he went to another place of prayer and he did some miracles along the way and some teachings along the way. But he operated out from Gilgal. And it's interesting, these footprints of God lead up to the altar, altar on Mount Ebal and that was the, a, a footprint there at Shechem. And that's where, during the time of the judges, that was the central religious base that they operated from. And so the idea of Gilgal is the place of holiness, God's presence, God's footprint. And when you operate out from the presence of God, from that place of submission to God, where the Holy Spirit is upon you, then they had victory every time. Praise God. And so, do, have you established a Gilgal's, a Gilgal in your life? Do you put God first? Are you giving God the first part of the day and then let God's uh, operate, work in your life? God works through your holiness. There's two aspects to this holiness. First, you dedicate yourself to God. You surrender your heart to God and then God takes possession of what you surrender to him by his Holy Spirit. That's how sanctification works. You dedicate, God consecrates. God puts his spirit on whatever you offer to him and he makes it holy by his presence. Holiness, the, your holiness is how much of the presence of God is imprinted and imparted into your heart. That is the degree of your holiness and we should all be growing in holiness as we surrender more of our heart to God. Some people think holiness is just good behavior or morality. No, um, that my, is cleanness. There's a difference between being clean and being holy. Really on a scale you see, you can be a negative, a zero or a positive. If you're negative, that's sin, all right, is negative. And First of all, you need to be cleansed of that sin with the blood of Jesus. Only the blood can cleanse you from sin. And what the cleansing of the blood will do is take you from negative to zero, all right? But if you don't then, but if you stay at zero, you'll quickly fall back into sin again. The only way to be free from sin is to then surrender that part to God and say, God, I don't want to sin again in that area, so I surrender my heart to you in this area. And I ask your Holy Spirit now to take possession of me because it's only the presence of the Holy Spirit that can keep me from sinning. You see, so you surrender that, that, that part to God. The Holy Spirit comes in and now, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, that part of your life becomes holy. That's a positive now. So, to be cleansed is good, that makes you zero, but you need the presence of God to make you holy. And 
a classic example of that is in Matthew 12, 43 to 45. Remember Jesus talked about an unclean spirit going out of a man. He's cast out and he, and he doesn't find anywhere else to go. So he says, I think I'll go back to the house uh, where I came from. And he finds it empty, swept and put in order. And, uh, you know, this spirit, this evil thing that has been removed, the house is clean. But the problem is, it's not occupied. It's not filled. And so he goes and he takes seven others of his friends and they go and possess the house. And, and the last state is worse than the starting state. This is a picture, you see, you, of somebody who, they're so fed up with something in their life, whatever addiction it might be or whatever issue, and they, and they get help and that evil thing is cast out of their life. But they don't, they're cleansed, but that's just a temporary measure. Because if you don't fill your heart with the Holy Spirit, you'll grab onto some other idol, some other addiction, and it, you'll be in a worse state than before. The only real answer to be free is to ask the Holy Spirit to fill your house and say, God, I surrender my heart to you. Please fill me with your holiness. And the Holy Spirit comes in and fills you. And now, you, that if the evil thing tries to come back, it can't come back. It hits the wall because you're now filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, holiness is not just being clean, that you're not doing anything really bad. Holiness is being filled with the Holy Spirit so that you don't even want to do the bad thing. And when the, the evil tries to come on you, there's like a wall of protection around you, you see. So the real answer to walking in victory is actually to be filled with the Holy Spirit, all right? Not just to have good principles. Holiness is to have the presence of God in you where you have surrendered your heart to him and you've asked him to fill you, praise God, that you find your satisfaction in the Lord. And then he comes in and strengthens your heart and then there is, because you're set apart to him, you're set apart from anything evil that wants to come in. And so our protection is in having the Holy Spirit filling us, not in our own ability to resist temptation. Because in our own flesh, there is no good thing. We, we need to realize we need the Holy Spirit to fill us. He will set us apart from that sin and he will set us apart from to God and he will make us beautiful on the inside. He will fill us with his love and where our soul is contorted in selfishness and bitterness and, you know, worry and all these sinful things, he will fill us and he will sweeten us and he will beautify us. Praise God. And that's what it means to be holy. The beauty of holiness. God is beautiful and he wants to give you the beauty of holiness in your life. And he needs you just to surrender yourself to him. And he will, he will do the, the hard job. He will give beauty, change your ashes to beauty. Praise God. He is the Holy One and he will make you holy as you trust in him through his Holy Spirit, his spirit of love. 
joy and peace. Praise God. Well, God bless you. Have a great day.